chances are you or someone you know loves chili peppers. You know the type, the hot sauce people. They got like eight hot sauces in the fridge. I say this as if I am not one of those people. I am one of those people. I There's just, it's, you know, whether you're talking habaneros or jalapenos or peri-peris, there's just every single culture has a different kind of delicious hot pepper. And I cannot get enough of that flavor and heat. In the United States, the home of our chili peppers is without a doubt New Mexico. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a culture. <laughs> that is Denise Kuhn. She is a native of New Mexico and the senior research specialist at the Chili Pepper Institute at New Mexico State University. Yeah, that's a thing. There's, you know, the Hatch Chili Festival um, is huge. Um, the um, Fiery Food Show in Albuquerque is huge. It's just, a, it's a really big thing. It's a culture. It's just part of New Mexico. Folks like Denise study everything about chili peppers, from how to enhance their taste and texture to how they can improve the yield for farmers. And all of this and more is happening at the Chili Pepper Institute. And it all started because of a man who very simply loved chilies. My name is Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we go to Las Cruces, New Mexico, to hear all about the Chili Pepper Institute, to learn where chilies come from and where they're going. After this. time I took a road trip. How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. If you're looking for a place where the wide-open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. I came uh, to New Mexico State University from a little tiny farming town in northern New Mexico where we uh, grew chilies as, as I was growing up. Denise Kuhn grew up around chilies or what most of the rest of the country calls peppers. But as she got older, she thought she wanted to leave that all behind. It was kind of funny. Um, growing up on a farm, you, and, and you get out of it, you, you go, okay, I'm going to college, I'm, I'm getting out of this small-town life, and I was like, I'm going to get as far away from agriculture as I possibly can. And so when Denise first got into New Mexico State University, she was a psych major. But after one semester, she decided it was just not her thing. 
And it just so happened that the um, chili breeding program at NMSU had an opening for a student aide. And just with my knowledge of chili peppers growing up, it was a perfect fit. So Denise makes the shift from psych to horticulture and finds that she loves it. Her mother was a farmer, came from a family of farmers. So maybe she just had chili in her DNA. So after I finished my bachelor's degree in horticulture, um, I was given the opportunity to do a graduate research assistantship with the chili breeding program. And I did that for um, several years, got my master's degree. And as part of that chili breeding program, Denise was able to travel across her home state and help chili farming families just like hers. And then being able to take my education and, and be able to go and help other farmers in the community, you know, with problems and issues and, and you know, do things like, like breed chili peppers with, with greater yield, you know, just to, to help our growers, producers, um, you know, thrive in the economy was, was something that was really interesting to me. But what maybe interested Denise even more was the history of chilies. So chili peppers originated in um, the Amazon in uh, South America between the, in kind of in a remote area uh, between the countries of Bolivia and Brazil. And they were originally disseminated by birds. Birds were eating the little chilies, which just happened to look like berries. And even though the chilies were spicy, it didn't bother the birds very much. The birds found it as a perfect food source. Lots of vitamin A, lots of vitamin C, um, lots of other vitamins that are, you know, it's really healthy for the birds and then lots of protein in the seeds. And so they would eat these up and the seeds could pass through their digestive system unharmed. So the birds were eating the chilies and as they flew, they started dropping those seeds further and further away from the place they originally grew. And then the native people of New Mexico started really embracing and cultivating the chili, using it for food and medicine. Fast forward to the early 20th century, when a Mexican immigrant by the name of Fabian Garcia came along and supercharged the chili cultivation in New Mexico. His involvement would ultimately put New Mexico chili on the map. Garcia was in the first graduating class of New Mexico State University in 1894, where he studied agriculture. In fact, he was the very first Hispanic student to graduate from the college. But what he's really, really famous for is um, pretty much developing or inventing the New Mexican pod type. And that's the, uh, the famous hatch green chili and the green and red chili varieties that are, that are so famous in New Mexico. He, he developed those and uh, was, was mainly wanting to do it to give our producers an advantage. And it, it snowballed and, and created a, a huge part of New Mexican culture. He also got creative. The New Mexican chilies that he was working with were small, really, really spicy, and very thin-walled. So Garcia cross-pollinated them with other Mexican chilies in order to create these bigger, thicker peppers. The very first chili variety that he produced for New Mexico State University was called um, New Mexico Number no. 9. And we actually still have seed of that, and we plant it every year in the Chili Pepper Institute's teaching garden just so people can see the very first chili that Fabian Garcia invented. But Garcia didn't stop there. He wanted to keep creating better and better varieties of chili. Some of them had, you know, high yielding. Some of them had some disease resistance. Um, others were maybe for a certain market niche. But 
you know, he just kept kept doing this chili improvement. And and that's where the NMSU chili breeding program kind of spawned from and has been around for over 100 years, thanks to Fabian Garcia. All of this was what Fabian Garcia called this chili improvement mission. With so many farmers in the state growing chilies, he saw the idea of improving crops as a way of directly improving people's lives. Garcia was a kind of visionary when it came to chilies. And really, you know, we kind of call him the grandfather of the New Mexico chili industry because he he started it and it and it blew up and and just and just really went crazy. <laughs> just to give you an idea of how big the industry is, in 2020, New Mexico produced around 68,000 tons of chili peppers and brought in somewhere around $50 million. Garcia died in 1948 with his legacy in the chili business absolutely untouchable. A little over 40 years later, in 1992, someone new showed up. A man named Dr. Paul Bosland, a.k.a. the Chili Man. He took the chili breeding program started by Fabian Garcia and he turned it into an institution. And he's actually the gentleman that hired me and taught me everything I know about chili peppers. And um, in early... uh, I'd say probably 1992, um, he decided that he was kind of doing, there were two parts to his position as chili breeder. One of it was teaching and one of it was um, research. And with with that sort of double uh, type of position, he had a really hard time, you know, doing any kind of outreach or extension or helping the community answering questions. Folks were calling from all over the country, not just farmers with chili growing problems, but scientists asking about the genetics of the plant, and even everyday people asking questions like, why is this chili burning my mouth off? How do I make the burning stop? And should I not have touched my eyes? Dr. Boslin decided that he could not do all of this by himself. And this is when Fabian's breeding program became an institute. The institute's beginnings were exceedingly humble. It began in a five-by-seven-foot closet. That was my first office, was this tiny little closet in um, Gerald Thomas Hall on the main NMSU campus. And for probably about two years, I I helped run the Chili Pepper Institute out of a closet. And we finally got some funding and were given a, a little bit bigger space. That closet was eventually replaced with an actual room and a gift shop. But the main focus is the half acre garden named after Fabian Garcia, which is just a three-minute drive from campus. In the garden, there are more than 100 varieties of chili peppers of all shapes and sizes. You walk up to this garden any time of the day during the season, um, after they, of course, after they've started producing pods and fruits, and and um, you definitely smell peppers, um, and then just probably every color under the rainbow. We've had themes like um, purple peppers. We've had um, themes, jalapenos. You know, we specialized um, all the different jalapenos out there. Um, Super hots one year. Yeah, so we've done lots of different themes over the years. A hundred years since Fabian Garcia began his work, the focus of the Chili Pepper Institute is very much the same. Keep improving the chilies yield, disease resistance, um, um, color, uh, flavor, um, heat even. Um, and then, and then beyond that, you know, 
maybe like being able to grow chili peppers um, with desalinized water, you know, just ways to be more sustainable. And there's reason to believe this mission will keep expanding. For one, there's a lot more chili peppers because they cross-pollinate so easily. And there's also more attention from the public on the world of chilies. There's just more chili love these days. I think with um, social media, the more people know about chili peppers and become passionate about them. So just the knowledge of chili peppers has grown tremendously. Um, and and we have better varieties these days than they had in the time of Fabian Garcia. And, and thanks to him, um, we do. The Chili Pepper Institute is open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can go visit the farm and even try some peppers. Uh, I tried a local New Mexico chili pepper. I believe it was called Fuego, as in fire. It was very good. It was very hot, but also delicious. I recommend. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was produced by Baudelaire. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Manolo Morales, Gabby Gladney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. If you want to learn more, be sure to visit atlasobscura.com. There is a link in the episode description. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a, like a good neighbor. Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today.